Hello and welcome to episode 251 of the Waters Waveland podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and I finally have my co-host back with me. Hey, Tony. Where are you? What's up? Where, where am I right now? What, what, what is, what's going on? Where are you? I don't know. What, what is going on? The podcast. Where have That's you been? Right. The podcast. Yes. It's, uh, you know, like I said, I, I really blame Dandy Francesco um, for creating this thing. And like when we <laughs> created it, podcasts weren't a thing really like so he's like let's try this new thing podcast and i was like all right you know i just as long as i don't ever have to do any real work with it and he's like yeah, yeah i got it <laughs> and then the, the uh, i already kind of said that yeah you'll have to bleep it out whatever uh <laughs> he goes on the business insider and i don't even think he does a podcast there i'm like you son of a <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and so, i'm gonna have to bleep that out so. yeah a couple things um <laughs> But, uh, hey, but uh, he's a proud dad now, so congratulations there. Um, but yeah, so it's like when we started, there weren't podcasts. Now everyone's got a podcast. So now we got to really, I think we're kind of, we're changing our strategy with the podcast, Shen and I are. Yeah. And that we're just going to, when we have really good guests that we like to talk with, then we'll put it out. But, you know, it's something free. You know, if you want the good stuff, you come and subscribe to Waters Technology. Otherwise, you know, we'll give you these really good conversations that we have. And we have one uh, for today, fortunately. Yes. Tell us uh, tell us who you interviewed this week, Tony. Uh, if you if you are a reader of Waters Technology, you will have uh, uh, read his thoughts before. But Bill Degg, uh, head of alternative data at NASDAQ, um, he Previously, you know, he kind of started there in the software engineering space, and he was uh, director of data science. Um, now he's overseeing alternate data, but the conversation that we're having, and this is the first time we've had him on the podcast, is about the exchange's cloud strategy. And so they obviously last year uh, you had CME and Google made yeah. that big announcement of the partnership there. NASDAQ uh, followed up with uh, a, a similar um, announcement with uh, AWS. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to understand what, you know, why was this partnership created? Is this the inevitable, the kind of dominoes falling? Is this inevitable that this is where exchanges are going, that exchanges in the cloud are where they're going? But it starts with low hanging fruit right now, but this idea of full exchanges in the cloud, that's, we're not there yet. That's not going to be happening in the next couple of years, but these yeah. are the first movements. So, and Bill kind of explains uh, what the partnership entails and, but more importantly, I think talks about just the trends that are driving this. And basically the idea is this is something that we talk about and we write about a lot, but it's data is important. You want more and more data, but providing context around that data is so important and so they have um their data link marketplace they have uh this uh, new product called uh this new managed service called data fabric but this mm -hmm. is all kind of tying together with what their grand uh cloud strategy is so that's what the conversation is i think it was uh really informative i did a great job interviewing as always <laughs> so yeah you will all just have your uh, socks blown off so yeah that's good <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, 
Shall we jump straight into it? Oh. Let's just go for it. If you got, if you guys got any, got any good guests, let uh, Shen know. Don't let me. But uh, yeah, yeah, and if and, you uh, do, and you, if you do have any suggestions for us, uh, just let us know. Drop us a line. You know where to find us. So, till the next time. Till the next time, whenever that may be. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm joined by uh, Bill Degg, Head of Alternative Data at NASDAQ. Bill, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, cloud technology and just data services. Just to give people a bit of a background, though, uh, you've in your about eight, nine, ten years, how long it's been, you've held a different couple of uh, hats there, you know, from data science, software engineering, um, now kind of on the alternative data side but to me it seems like your your role has evolved as the need for creating new data products and the need for you know just just finding new data solution data delivery mechanisms for clients has taken on greater importance why don't you just tell us just a little bit about what it is that you do at nasdaq just so we just have a bit of background there yeah uh, absolutely um you got it you got it pretty good um so i lead our um our alternative data business as you mentioned but also our data platform or data marketplace um, called Nasdaq Data Link, um, and uh, a new product we have uh, called Nasdaq Data Fabric. So it's all part of kind of our, our data ecosystem. And as you uh, already pointed out, um, data is growing in importance, and the need for product innovation there has um, definitely exploded over the over the years since I've been here. Um, and that's been the common theme for my career. Basically, I started as you said it as you know engineering intern. Um, working on a huge, uh, you know, data data warehousing exercise. We're putting everything into AWS, into into Redshift, and sort of being on the cutting edge there with massive data sets and um, really interesting use cases, you know, for you know surrounding systems, applications, um, billing, that that kind of thing from the exchange. But sort of fell in love with the data that we have and the power um, that good data can, you know can have and the potential for, for our clients. And so I sort of became um, really passionate about finding new ways to use that and, and unlock value for our clients and create new products. So it's kind of been what I've, it's the mission I've been on ever since. Um, well, let, let's start the conversation because the reason why I wanted to have you on, uh, we've had uh, folks from NASDAQ on in the past and we've spoken with you uh, with our articles. We spoke with Mac just recently about the uh, data fabric uh, offering. Yep. Um, but I want to know a little bit more, and I think our, our our listeners would benefit from knowing a little bit more about the partnership with AWS and NASDAQ's overall cloud strategy. So in last year, there were kind of two big announcements on the exchange front on, on, on in this specific area with uh, CME and Google announcing a partnership. And then uh, uh, at AWS had a flurry of announcements at their big conference out in uh, Vegas, but one of uh, one of the big ones was uh, this partnership with NASDAQ. Tell me about a little bit about what this partnership entails for our listeners that don't quite know the full details. This what will be moving to the cloud? How will this partnership work? What are maybe some of the low hanging fruit that this project will start off with? Yeah, I mean, the headline is um, that NASDAQ is partnered with AWS to um, essentially bring an exchange to the cloud. Um, and 
maybe it doesn't sound super innovative, but uh, actually you know, running exchange technology in the cloud and building all of the infrastructure and the, the pieces around that to support it, um, it'll be it'll be quite innovative. It's, it's quite a push. So 2022, we're moving our um, our MRX options exchange venue to uh, to AWS. Um, we're a partner with them to co-design um, a new infrastructure solution in our Carteret data center. Um, so we're leveraging the AWS outpost, um, essentially um, taking AWS racks that we are putting in a, in our data center and managing um, and getting some of the benefits of the cloud. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be a starting point for, I think, um, a broader journey. Um, you know, NASDAQ's been on a cloud journey for a long time. As I mentioned, since I've been here, we've been using the cloud and, and even several years before that. So it's been more than a decade. Um, and it, it'll be nice to see um, this sort of next phase of the journey where we're really starting to think about core core aspects of, of our business, the exchange business, moving to the cloud, um, get to getting to take advantage of the resilience, the scalability, um, and the sort of the low cost operations that you can get in the cloud, um, bringing that to our customers and laying the groundwork for a longer term ecosystem strategy. Um, that's the thing that I think really gets me excited. Yeah. When people talk about you know cloud using the public cloud, it's always you know on kind of the data center front, but you're talking about using moving this uh, option exchange over to the cloud. Do you is the long term goal is, is this kind of the proving ground first to see what is available now? Um, for core exchange trading technology moving to the cloud with the ultimate end game being, though there might not be a timeline yet for that, the main NASDAQ exchange, the trade uh, trade matching engine, the, the gateways, all that stuff being moved and being a fully cloud native essentially um, exchange. I think this is definitely a, an experiment um, in the sense that, you know, we want to see what it takes to run an exchange in cloud, where the you know where the gaps are, um, you know notably things like um, multicast and and other sort of really common technologies in um, the exchange world are hard to do in the cloud. Um, uh, and I know that's something you guys have been working on for a long time. Like you you guys were actually one of the ones talking about multicasting in the cloud before it's kind of become a cool thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it it. It's interesting because it's really a different paradigm, right? And from from what the cloud is, and I think that's kind of an interesting balance we're trying to um, to take with this whole approach is how can we push the envelope um, and be able to advance the technology and take advantage of what's out there in the cloud, um, but also you know think differently about how we're deploying these services. You know what what of the um, of the current sort of way things are done do we want to keep, and then you know what what do we want to sort of evolve as we go forward? So, you know, I think the MRX um, uh, deployment will be, you know, I think it'll be a big um, engineering accomplishment. I think it'll be, you know, it'll be a business accomplishment and it'll be, um, uh, I, I think, a first step for sure. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not, you know, that gets all of our uh, exchanges to the cloud, um, you know, I think there are probably a lot of other steps that, you know, need to, we need to go through. Um, but I don't think it's that hard to imagine a future where, you know, that everything is in the cloud. Yeah, because, you know, right now it would seem to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that many of the, some of the barriers that will have to be overcome is is around speed, 
though speed has certainly become table stakes, I feel like, or this is something I've heard, you know, that, that, you know, it's, 10 years ago, you know, you have the conversation around Flash Boys and all that, whatever have you. Um, but now speed is just, it, it's just, you have to have that. That's table stakes to start off with. So, but in the cloud, there are new challenges that, that have to be overcome around speed. And obviously security would be a big issue. Do you view those as being kind of the the initial kind of, for that future end state, again, we're just hypothetically talking right now, but for whatever that future end state is, do you view those as being kind of two key issues that will have to be examined and overcome? Um, I guess the speed one is is is, in, is a little bit clearer than the security one. Um, I, I'm not sure how, I mean, I think if you, if you look at what, um, Amazon and Microsoft and and Google and you know spend on security every year. Sure. Um, it vastly dwarfs you know what any other individual company is spending on information security, right? I think the tools available um, in most of the you know cloud providers today um, give you the ability to make things quite quite secure. I think yeah. we're you know that's something that Nasdaq has always paid a lot of attention to, and we continue to pay a lot of attention to. Um, and, you know, we're comfortable putting a lot of pretty important workloads in the cloud. So I think security is one that's like, I think it's, if it's not there now, it'll, it'll be there soon. Mm. Um, speed is interesting because, um, yeah, it's, it's an obvious issue and it's an issue, not because necessarily the technology of that, that's a big part of it, but it's also like, you know, what does, what, why do you need speed in the exchange? Right. And why do you, why do you need to have a fast matching engine? And a lot of it has to do with throughput a lot of it has to do with representativeness of what's happening in the world um and you know maybe the cloud offers additional options for us to overcome some of those challenges right um there is you know uh potentially uh you know ways to think about locality of where where the matching engine is right at a given point in time or where the matches are taking place right mm -hmm. um and then you know obviously there are challenges though i mean the cloud necessarily you're you know, sort of virtualized, right? You have a, a hypervisor, or you have other infrastructure, networking things that sort of can get in the way. Um, but I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting and probably require some, some deep thinking about, you know, what the exchange um, really does at, at its core. Let's examine then a little bit of almost the philosophical thinking of this move toward the cloud. You know, 10 years ago, if you talked about, you know, using the likes of a public cloud provider, the capital markets were behind other industries, you know, notably, you know, healthcare, retail, whatever have you on this kind of shift. But now there's a full, a largely a full on embrace of moving more and more workloads to the cloud. We just published a story today about UBS and they said they have about one third of their major workloads now in public private cloud. Um, Correct me, you know, I'm going to kind of lay out what I see as the lay of the land, but you're much more intelligent when it comes to this, so please correct me where I'm wrong. Um, the reason for this is data is becoming, the data has always been important. It's silly to say that data was ever important, but more and more, the cloud makes uh, pulling in more and more data uh, more feasible at a cheap cost than it was previously. Um, the ability to run analytics um on that data the computational power is improving constantly um and in a competitive trading landscape the ability to 
not just have data, but to provide context around that data. That's what separates winners from losers, whether as a trader at a company, as a portfolio manager at a, at a buy side shop at, um, or as a vendor uh, offering a, um, a trading platform uh, product um, or data service or as an exchange. That's the way I see it. And and also the ability to then incorporate things like machine learning to add to help add that context that's more easily done. Um, if you're using some of the cloud tools, some of the open source tools that are being made available. That's how I see the lay of the land. That's how I see the reason for, you know, not just exchanges, but everybody pushing toward the cloud. Is that a fair assessment of the landscape that has led NASDAQ down this path to this partnership with AWS? Yeah, I mean, I think I think um you're singing my tune here. Um, I think because, <laughs> because uh, I mean, that's, 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 I think that's exactly it. I think there's, um, uh, there's been a shift from the cloud being a, you know, something cutting edge to being more of an imperative. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's the, it's the fact that it's, it's, it's a question of scale. Um, and the way that businesses have had to scale and the way that data scales, data skills, it's almost like a, it's like almost astronomical in terms of, you know, you have like many orders of magnitude um, in terms of the growth of data and, you know, it's also growing in importance, right? And so you have to become more agile um, with data and the, and the cloud is an important part of that. I think a paradigm um, uh, shift has happened with this idea of infrastructure as code, right? Like where now I can have, I don't need, you know, lots of different specific functions to, you know, rack and stack hardware and special networking capabilities, you know, um, and, you know, operations and, and things that, you know, I think would be involved with running and managing your own infrastructure. Um, you can now abstract away and you can give that power to developers and they can scale their time and they can scale their impact and you can experiment and be be faster, be more agile, right? Get things, get things deployed faster. Um, so I think that's been the power of cloud. That's been the unlock, right? It's 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 another level of abstraction. Like you know, um, like software makes it so you don't have to worry about like what's going on with the physics and the transistors, right? I mean, you don't have to worry about flipping bits. It's like all abstracted away. Um, and I think there's there's another layer coming, um, and I think this is what we're trying to sort of lean into. Um, and definitely the AWS partnership is part of that, but. There are several other layers to it, um, leaning into this idea of as, as as data as product, right? Data as something that is um, easier to use, that is that that comes to my business users, to my you know where I'm making decisions on the front lines of my business in a way that's ready, that's actionable, that's integrated, integratable with you know whatever it else else I'm doing. I think that's part of you know obviously the aws partnership because we have um like i said you know i think pretty pretty lofty ambitions for building an ecosystem around um you know markets in the cloud bringing workloads that are maybe you know back and middle office closer to the exchange bringing the data closer to you know the the core match and offering services around that market data services you know analytics um that that kind of thing and then um, with what we're doing with with DataLink and Data Fabric, I think is an important component there as well. So, DataLink, you know, being a cloud platform, um, is a direct result of, um, you know, what we're seeing with client client needs. Clients want to take data in the cloud. Mm -hmm. You know, try try moving 
um, you know, a 200 terabyte data set via FTP or something, right? I mean, it's just like, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, you have to use the cloud and, and it's getting, you know, technology is getting good enough to that where you, in many cases, you don't even have to move the data. You can just access it remotely, right? And bring your compute to it. Um, so those are really important shifts that we're playing into. Um, and one of the reasons we're really excited about Data Fabric is because we offer basically an, an even an even further level of a, of abstraction, right? Another another sort of um, amplification of, of capabilities because we really try to abstract away all of that work under the hood that's required to get data ready to be used. Well, so this is the other piece that I, that the other change that we're seeing is changes in data delivery mechanisms, right? So I'm going to read. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to read uh, from uh, the story that Max wrote uh, from November when you guys uh, <laughs> unveiled uh, the data fabric. But NASDAQ unveiled its new data fabric uh, solution, a managed service that, that provides access to data link marketplace comprising hundreds of data sets, including NASDAQ proprietary market data, public data sets that scrapes uh, uh, from the web, and alternative data sets delivered via the former Quandle pl platform, which NASDAQ acquired in 2018. Uh, and this is all delivered via a single API. Uh, Bill Degg, uh, who was interviewed for that story, um, said um, after uh, says users will find the ease of browsing and accessing these data sets very reminiscent of the Quandle experience. After acquiring Quandle, so this is uh, Max speaking. Uh, after acquiring Quandle, Nasdaq kept the vendor's ethos of making market of of making market and economic data easier to use, allowing clients to find and display data within minutes and to access it easily via a REST API. So. That's to kind of inform what the product is. I know that can be a little bit awkward to sit there and <laughs> hear, hear yourself being read about. Um, but so you have cloud and then you have. This kind of embrace of API data delivery mechanisms. Yeah. And so that is even informing acquisitions that we're seeing. So NASDAQ acquiring Quandle, ICE and IDC, SIBO and Hanwick, um, LCG, Refinitiv, you know, all, all these kind of acquisitions that we're seeing of data providers. It's these evolutions in technology that are leading exchanges down this pathway of just rather than just you can't just be a marketplace anymore. Of course, that that will always be the core business, but it's the not just so I guess the next step, as you were saying, um, if, if I'm wrapping up in a bow is so it's not just having the data. It's not just providing context around the data, but it is the delivery of that data when you need it, how you need it, you know, how you want it. That's the next yeah fundamental shift in the industry. Yes, is that, is that absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's I think um, there's been a product gap for a while uh, in terms of what technology enables and what is available to, to customers um, in the marketplace. I think what they've been getting for a long time is a lot of raw ingredients and it's 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 unacceptable now that we're just mm -hmm. passing on all these raw ingredients to clients, right? We need to think a lot more deeply about what are they trying to do, anticipate the uses of it and, and package it with and wrap it in, in better product. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's not even about delivery of data. I think even, even that is kind of an old paradigm. I think, you know, this idea of web APIs, really innovative, really innovative and, and, and you know, important a few years ago. Um, I think we're even now starting to think more deeply about where's the data going? How's it being used? Um, you know, I've been um, again that the, the mission with Data Fabric is to take that data link marketplace capability that you were reading about. You know, this idea that you know the core 
catalog, the ease of use, ease of discovery, and allow clients to, to, to use that capability on their own with their own data, right? So now everyone in their organization has access to this so that using and integrating data makes it easier. Um, but that's just the first step, right? We want to think deeply about what are the questions? We're answering, clients want to answer questions. They don't want to get data. They want to answer a question, right? And so how do we bring the data to the client in a way that it's relevant, that it's linkable with other data sets, and it's easier for them to get the, to get the answers out? So better query interfaces, better tools, dashboards, that kind of thing. That's where we're going. Um, and that, I think that's going to be a really important unlock. In the past, when done, I guess, why is this such a challenge? Because obviously the idea, the idea around this, it's not, it's nothing new. It's nothing novel. It's like you said, it's like at the very beginning, you said something like, you know, you would think moving exchange to the cloud is not that big of a deal, but it is actually, a, it's, it's nothing easy, easily yeah. done. What are kind of still the main challenges around it? How do firms still get this wrong? And what are you kind of trying to overcome to get toward that end state? I think there are, um, I think there are a few elements. Um, that make it difficult. Um, the first is uh, it's new and 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 can be complicated. Um, deploying um, cloud infrastructure at scale in a way that's secure, reliable, um, and economical is very difficult. It's, yeah. it's a lot of complexity, a lot of pieces to bring together. Uh, in some cases, you're using cloud hosted services some cases you're not and and so i think there's just there's a lot of tools it's hard to keep up and a lot of um there are a lot of different sort of um ideologies new technologies coming out all the time so it's hard to keep up uh, the second is talent um because things are evolving so quickly um talent is becoming very difficult uh, it's it's hard to find really great devops engineers really great data engineers um and so you know there's a skills gap uh, and then finally, I think there's I think there's a product gap. I think, like I said, I think the industry, um, and I think this applies to other industries too. Uh, we've just generally underinvested in making great data products, making great insight products um, that that bring it together. Um, and you're seeing more, you know, um, folks like you know, Databricks and Snowflake and 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 others are trying to do more to make it easier, right? Abstract away some of those some of those pain points of like. You know the real nitty-gritty details of making sure the data is clean and aggregated and and um, and reliable. Um, but there's so much more to that. Like that's just the beginning, right? And I think mm -hmm. you know that's what we're trying to again to solve for with Fabric is to say, okay, let's take it up a level. Let's talk about the business logic. Let's make sure that the data is consistent. Let's make sure that you know all the client has to think about is running their business um, and not about where am I going to find a whole new team of of engineers. Um, to do things that you know weren't even around five five years ago, yeah. um, you know we're talking to clients now, um, you know, decent sized hedge funds who, you know, are hundred people, hundred twenty people, two hundred people, you know, maybe ten percent of that is tech, yeah. right? And so for them to think about, okay, now we need to use more data. Now we need to scale the way that we. Uh, integrate data with our investment decision making. We're changing, you know, our own our own methodologies and our own business. How do you think about making an investment in a data infrastructure now? Yeah. Starting from scratch, it's it's daunting, yeah. right? And so, and and I think technology and product should be good enough, and it's it's not quite there yet, but it should be good enough to 
um, allow you to not have to think about that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, just like if you were starting a company today, you wouldn't have to think about um, getting space in a data center, right? It's it's abstracted away for you. And so I think the industry needs more of that for it for for the long tail of cloud adopters to really to really get there. Okay. Well, Bill, this was uh, a great conversation, uh, uh, very informative, and uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time out and chatting with us. Fantastic. Pleasure is mine. Thanks very much.